0: Welcome to the Alpha Pickleball Podcast,
1: where we slice through the noise to bring you the juiciest insights, strategies,
0: and stories from the dynamic world of pickleball. Join us as we serve up engaging conversations with top players, coaches, and enthusiasts, giving you an ace perspective on all things pickleball. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just stepping onto the court, get ready for a volley of knowledge that'll elevate your game to alpha levels. Let the rallies begin.
1: All right. Welcome again to the show. I'm your host, Tats. I'm really excited to have Charles Neufeld on, pro pickleball player, pickleball entrepreneur, Um, you do it all Charles, your mentor of mine, thank you for coming on the show.
0: Yeah, I appreciate, uh, appreciate being here.
1: Yeah. So I want to share an embarrassing story for, for me before I start, I know that when most people ask me, when I started pickleball, I'll say I watched Ben Johns and Colin Schick play on YouTube. It just fed me the thing and I was inspired. Well, I played pickleball once earlier. I think it was roughly six years earlier. And, um, it was, I was about to turn 40. I thought it was a gag, you know, arrogant tennis mindset to, to go play pickleball with the friends on my birthday. So, uh, you know, I, I wanted to scope it out. So I went to a gym just, uh, just two weeks before and uh, to join in at a drop in pickleball thing. And it was filled with, you know, very, uh, fit seniors. And, you know, here I am banging away, not knowing the scores, stepping over the kitchen, thinking I'm doing okay. And uh, they, wore, they wore me out. And uh, I, I sprained my ankle and, you know, never, you know, so embarrassing, limped out of there. So I do not tell people that. But, um, you know, it, it was a much different game, you know, in terms of the participation. I know you've been part of the Pickleball community for almost 10 years. Tell me your beginnings. Uh, how did you get into it? What was it like in the early days?
0: Yeah, so... Um, yeah, I mean, in, in Canada, especially like Vancouver, were we were pretty lucky. Um, so yeah, when I started, I was working at a, a badminton club, um, in West Van and they wore, um, and one day they asked me if I wanted to teach pickleball. Um, I had heard of it once before, um, from a friend of mine, Alan Boysen, who, um, I played badminton with kind of recreationally after I stopped playing badminton, um, competitively. Um, and then I just said, sure. I said, why not? I said, I'll give it a try. I've heard of it. I like trying new things. I like racket sports. I've played pretty much every racket sport. Um, and then, yeah, that's, that's pretty much all it needed. Um, I showed up at a community center about 10 minutes away from my house, like sometime that week, um, probably the, one of my, um, maybe not early downfalls, but definitely one of my issues early on is when I went to that rec center, um, I was easily, um, better than everyone i played with, unfortunately. And I don't, yeah, so there, so there were definitely pockets in Vancouver that were stronger than others. Um, and that was not one of them. So it gave me a sense of pickleball is pretty easy. Um, there's not much to it. Um, but then I quickly found out later on that year, I uh, I played Canadian Nationals and some of the top U.S. guys were there. And I quickly found out that there was a lot more to it because um, I entered pro without really much playing. I think I played maybe one tournament before that which um i think i went two and two in in the men's singles open maybe and then um yeah and then going to nationals and seeing some of those guys play and playing against some of those guys it was definitely a whole new world and um that's when i realized that i have to like really um put some time aside to like drill cultivate new shots um, all that stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean, I hear, you know, even uh, now that you know, some people struggle to find people that, you know, want to drill. Um, was it easy for you or do you have to get creative?
0: And like finding people to drill, you mean? Absolutely. Yeah. So um I had a buddy not that early, but fairly early, uh, Mike Yi. He was a local guy in North Van here. He um he drilled with me quite a bit. Uh, um also I drilled with my mixed partners quite a lot as well um so I always had someone that was willing to drill for sure it was just finding the time was kind of the hard part
1: mm, yeah so I, I know someone uh, asked me to ask my guests you know how did you fit it in because obviously this is you know um you you have a uh, obviously if you play badminton at a high level you have the habits you have the mindset but how did you fit it into all the other stuff that's happening
0: Again, I'm pretty lucky in the sense that maybe as a badminton coach and pickleball, then pickleball coach, my schedule is potentially more flexible than other people's. So I was able to say, hey, I'm teaching some pickleball lessons from here to here. Can you meet me before or after? And then so I was already at the court. I didn't have to drive anywhere. I could fit in an hour, an hour and a half, that kind of thing. Um, So it, it worked out all right.
1: Yeah, makes sense. Uh, How did you learn? I mean, there's a ton of YouTube videos now. I'm assuming there wasn't as many back then. Um, How did you learn your strokes and sort of uh, progress that way?
0: Yeah, so from badminton, um, I started very late. I didn't have any real coaching, I couldn't afford it. Um, I came from like a very poor upbringing. So Um, yeah any kind of money was always tight but I was fortunate enough that I learned through pretty easily through watching Um, so I would watch a lot of the top guys um, in badminton swing and hit their shots and I was able to mimic it fairly easily and same thing for bad or pickleball um, with the exception of kind of, I would say through my badminton experience, my little bit of tennis experience and my little bit of table tennis experience, I kind of thought early on that a lot of the stuff that people were teaching and showing like on YouTube, for example, was quite wrong. Um, And I was like, I don't really want any part of trying to hit the ball like this so I'm going to use a combination of tennis and table tennis strokes to um, to my advantage. So a lot of my game is based from how I watched good table tennis players hit the ball and how I watched tennis players hit the ball from the baseline. Um yeah, I would say yeah, table tennis and tennis is what kind of gave me a lot of my strokes. I don't use a whole lot of badminton in my game.
1: Mm, yeah, I was gonna ask you about that because I know there's <clears> always <throat> talk of tennis and uh, table tennis, but uh, but I guess the smash. I mean, I he I see some people hitting angled smashes and stuff. Uh, is there anything else that comes from badminton?
0: Yeah, the angled smash is definitely a lethal badminton weapon. That's for sure. There's in badminton, you use a lot more of your fingers when you're hitting the shuttle. Um, The rack or the pickleball paddle is a little too heavy and stiff for that. But there are definitely moments when I'm hitting the ball where I do play around with the tension of my hand. So I'll start maybe tensing the lower fingers like the pinky and then transferring that up at the index thumb so I can create better counter attacks.
1: Yeah, for sure. Now, um, in terms of um, how your game has evolved, like how, how do you initially start and then you you kept adding strokes because I see sometimes when people get very comfortable, right? They've, they've achieved a level of success with their shot. But I've only uh, noticed that you're always kind of adding new things or thinking about the future, Um, how has your game evolved over the years? Because I don't think from day one you were flying in through the transition zone, taking things out of the air.
0: That was actually, that sounds like me right off the bat. Really?
1: It was was Um, early days?
0: Yeah. So that's more of a badminton thing. Again, I think is in badminton. If you can create like an injection of speed From nothing to something, that's like the ideal way to play. You kind of sit back, make it look like you're kind of docile, and then all of a sudden you spring and you're there putting pressure. Um, So that's something that I started since day one and I continue to do um, just because that was always very natural. Um, So, yeah, that's actually a really good point. I didn't realize that that's um, something that. I've been doing strictly from badminton so when I talk about badminton I usually talk about maybe um, overheads and trick shot creativity and shot selection maybe yeah
1: yeah I mean because most of the time I mean I hear in pickleball kind of like take your time through the transition where it's like you're almost looking for the opportunity to leap across that and Mm -hmm. and add pressure
0: yeah it's um yeah, the court has always felt really small to me. And again, that's probably a badminton thing. Uh, the court is very familiar. I can count the number of times on one hand, how many times I've stepped into the kitchen and faulted. Um, it's just the, that court is very much home to me. Um, so to go from one part of the court to the other in very few steps and very quickly has always been quite, quite simple.
1: Yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, in terms of your coaching methodology for people that kind of struggle with certain aspects of their game to play a different uh, paddle or racket sport just to get the feel a little bit more natural.
0: Um, People that've played racket sports before?
1: Or no, like let's say they don't don't play, like for me, I've never played table tennis. What's the value of me picking up table tennis for a little bit, just learning the basics to just kind of get a different feel of how the paddle moves.
0: Yeah, I've been thinking about that um, quite a bit lately. Um, I do think there is a huge benefit to cross training in general. Um, there certainly is major advantages when it comes to table tennis and tennis if you've never played either. Um, table tennis, I would say, my opinion, table tennis is the most beneficial sport for transition for pickleball. I think you don't have maybe as many high level table tennis players that have transitioned currently to maybe see the benefits of that. Uh, most of them are tennis based. So I think in the future, I think we're all going to be surprised kind of the emerging um maybe top players might be a little bit more on the table tennis side, but it's hard to say.
1: Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Um, in terms of when you start people, like cause you coach a lot, um, when you start people out in pickleball, like what sort of thing, where do you start them and how do you transition them through?
0: Uh, that's, uh so that's tough. So a lot of that's instinctual. I'll kind of watch someone hit a little bit. I'll ask them some questions. Like have you played different racket sports? Like what's your background? What kind of level athlete were you? Um, Sometimes you'll get people that weren't athletes. They haven't touched a sport before until pickleball. And then you get other athletes um, like yourself who played high-level college sports like tennis. So each person is going to be very different. If they have a table tennis background or a tennis background, for the the start, I try to let them keep as many strokes as I can that they already have so that we don't have to kind of start from scratch. Um, I give them maybe some ideas of how to tweak those strokes a little bit to make it a little bit better. Um, but yeah, everyone's different and yeah, everyone's different. So it, it's, it's kind of a tough question, but yeah, I take I take what they have and I try to make it work for them to start off with. Um, and then it also depends on what they want out of the sport. Like, do they want to get to a 5-0 level? Do they want to just not make a fool of themselves the first time they go play? So each, each person is going to be a bit different.
1: Absolutely. And while you were doing all this, becoming a, a player coach, you were you started to do some entrepreneurial stuff. How did that grow?
0: Yeah, so that's been kind of a wild journey that I just, again, been thinking about recently. Um, I started out with um, a small Canadian company. Well, they were a big Canadian company when I, uh, when I started out. Um, I started out by getting one paddle from them that I would use and then I would try to sell. Um, and then that turned into me carrying their whole line of paddles. And then from there, um, I eventually started um, carrying multiple brands and then I eventually turned my uh, basement into a pickleball shop. And now we're moving the pickleball shop into two locations in Saskatchewan. Um, we opened a store with my wife in New Jersey. And then we have, um, I started my own pickleball brand as well, Alpha. And yeah, it's just everything entrepreneurial, business related to pickleball has always just been a lot of fun for me. And um, I think because I enjoy it, um, it's been, it's been progressing really well.
1: Yeah. I mean, what are the lessons there? I mean, I'm, I, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I love entrepreneurship. Um, what what did you learn through your entrepreneur journey? Whew.
0: Yeah. I feel like that's kind of like an endless question. There's just so, I always look at everything as there's always more to learn and there's always room to grow. And I guess some of the big things would be, um, hmm. yeah, I mean, for me, one of the hardest things was understanding like the technology of like building a website, uh, marketing, um, again, not, not having a ton of money to just like invest in a business, hire a bunch of people. I did everything myself. Um, so yeah, there was a lot of time spent on different websites. I tried other websites. I had issues. I had to um, switch back, even though it was more expensive, just because it was much easier. Um, There's shipping issues. There's um, even rebranding. I started out selling, I guess, before I started selling pickleball paddles, I did sell badminton rackets. Um, So my first business was called rackets and paddles. Um, and then once pickleball took off enough and the pickle or the badminton business wasn't succeeding, I ended up rebranding the pickleball paddles, Canada, instead of rackets and paddles. Although I kind of wish I did keep that domain name. Cause that is still like a really good domain name. Um, so that's one thing I learned is that you got to hang on to good domain names. Um, cause yeah, those can be, those can be very valuable later. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's just too much. I, I don't think I can answer that any more than that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's always a, always something <clears throat> new. Now, just going back to pickleball for a sec, um, you know, you've had a lot of success um, in competing in pickleball. Um, how do you think about, you know, because doubles is so big in pickleball, um, partnership selection and complements and strategy, how, in your mind, how does that work?
0: Um, for me, it's pretty simple. I, I found this in badminton as well, is I think once you get to a certain level, everyone understands the game. Once you understand the game, you can tweak things to kind of align with what your partner needs. One of my struggles in in terms of finding partners I think is my game doesn't seem suitable for a lot of players because I'm very much, um, I'm more aggressive. I'm, um, I try to be more creative on the court Um, more sporadic might even be a better word. Um, So I think a lot of players look at that and they're like, I don't know if I can work with that. Um, I like, I need to know what my partner is going to do more often. Um, Where for me, most players are less creative in terms of the shots they're going to choose over and over again consistently. Um, It's very easy to figure out their patterns, what they like, what they don't like, and I can adjust to that. Um, So if I have players that really don't like speed ups, I'll do my best to play a lot more steady, a lot more safe and if i have players that really feed into counterattacking then i just play my game and i just and i just go for it but it also depends on your opponents as well you got to you got to play a game that kind of works works against them as well
1: but yeah. yeah i mean playing a game that's creative and you know you're hitting lots of shots sounds awesome <laughs> until you try to execute it <laughs> and you know for me like you know my mentality has always been like you know let's get this thing and then let's move on to the next thing but Pickable has so many shots like how do you help people nag- navigate from like intermediate to advanced so that you're not like stuck with a whole bunch of shots that you're not good at
0: yeah so i don't really teach anyone to play like me um, cause that doesn't work for, I would say 99% of people. So I teach people that they need to really know their shot selection. They need to know their strengths. Um, if they have obvious weaknesses, they need to fix those. Um, I have, I have players that are really good at attacking and I have players that aren't terrible at attacking. So I'm going to encourage the attackers to continue to develop their attack, just being smart about it, being cognizant of what their partner needs. Um, Because again, if you have two players who are very good at speed, you got no issue. But if you have one player that's very good at speed, and then their partner's not, that might not balance out so well. So you got to make sure that you're cognizant of your partner. And then for the players that don't have like a good attack, then we have to find other tools. We have to find ways of eliminating your opponent's attack. We have to find ways to keep yourself out of those situations where um, you're going to be put under pressure more often and then trying to create opportunities where you have a ball, where you feel comfortable putting it away, as opposed to maybe speeding up a ball to jam someone and then potentially then putting it away. Yeah. so yeah there's a whole bunch of different kind of nuances to that stuff
1: awesome I love it you know I love all those technical details (laughs) hey Charles um I mean what what other things um that you know are there anything that I should have asked you but um I didn't
0: um yeah I don't know I feel like in terms of pickleball my my situation so much different than everyone else's um yeah i spend i spend more time working um definitely more than i get to play pickleball and then a lot of times my playing pickleball sometimes is me just giving a lesson like sometimes i look at giving a lesson um as sometimes my touches for that week so sometimes i'll have um, Yeah, a student that wants to work on their dinking, and if they're a good enough level, then I get to get some dink touches in. Um, So I, yeah, if you have the ability to kind of monitor multiple aspects in someone's stroke, someone's grip tension, someone's body position, Um, you might be able to also use some of that, um, I guess, extra attention to on yourself as well. Um, but again, coaching is not easy for most people, I think. So, um, a lot of times just some coaches struggle with just simply, okay, I see this going wrong, but maybe I didn't see these other two issues. Um, and I think that's a big part of coaching is, is finding ways to see these things. And I guess the one thing I would probably share is that, um, yeah, multiple like angles and positions can be like so beneficial from like a coaching standpoint. Um, so I don't coach with the ball machine, but there would definitely be. Um, instances where I think for a lot of coaches, a ball machine could be pretty beneficial. Um, just because then you can stand on this side to your, to the left of the player out in front, you can stand out in front to the right. You can stand even behind somebody, you can stand from different positions and kind of really get a better look of maybe what's going on. Um, yeah, cause maybe, maybe the ball was in a little bit too close, to their body when they were hitting it, but from the angle that you were watching, it doesn't look like the case. So um, yeah, being able to play with different angles in terms of observation can be, I think, pretty critical to help your students succeed. Um, Yeah, I think that would be, that would be kind of the last thing I would share.
1: Yeah, awesome. I love it. Thanks Charles. Yeah, you're welcome. Great. So that's congratulations on your new setup with moving out your paddle inventory and it sounds like you're streamlining logistics
0: yeah that should take a lot off my plate um yeah so that should give me enough time to now start to maybe focus on pickleball again a little bit um yeah because that was probably the biggest struggle this last like year two years has just been i just had way too much on my plate three different businesses um and so not only was I letting like different businesses kind of like slip in different areas at different times, it was just like, there was like my pickleball game has just been like, has gone like nowhere. If anything, it's gone like down. Thanks for tuning in to the Alpha Pickleball Podcast with Tad's. If you enjoyed today's episode, subscribe, rate, and connect with us on social media.
1: Stay alpha on the pickleball court until our next session.